Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I just want to, again, welcome all of our locations. You know, we, um, we have so many places and spaces across Tampa Bay. And uh, just because I've been a part of them, I'm gonna, I always like to welcome them in the, uh, the birth order. You know, because they're all important. All of you guys that are sitting there, you're watching, you're looking at a video screen. You guys are all important. So I just like to go by birth order. So where, where are my people over there in, in, in East St. Pete? Let's welcome East St. Pete. Come on, South Tampa. You guys got to help me out here. Yep. And then we're gonna go way over there across the Selman over to our Brandon location, which is just absolutely incredible. We love our Brandon, as they like to call themselves, uh, the B-Town. We've got Heights over there. Come on, baby. We got Pastor Matt. We love you guys uh, there, there at the Heights. And then we have our amazing North Tampa, our COVID campus. When, when people said we shouldn't, we did it anyway. And you guys have been doing it ever since. And then we're gonna cross the bridge over there into Clearwater, which we love our Clearwater location. And then we're gonna bounce back. We're gonna go to West Chase. We love you guys there at West Chase. And then soon to be our West St. Pete. We're excited about going into West St. Pete. That, that campus is gonna be awesome. And then we can't forget our lovely, amazing, incredible online location. We're so glad that you guys are tuning in. And then here at South Tampa, obviously you guys are near and dear to my heart. We were, my wife and I were here at South Tampa for a long time. And, the, and you guys have had your coffee this morning. I like that, so. Well, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna dive in. Genesis chapter 15. Uh, verse one, it says this, that after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Verse two, but Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Verse four, then the word of the Lord came to him. Everyone say, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. came to him. Yeah. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is in your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Verse five, he took him outside. We're gonna actually anchor to verse five here in a little while, verse five and six. So make sure if you're gonna highlight anything, highlight that one. Uh, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Today we're gonna to be talking about this idea of the path to the promise. The path to the promise. See, we're all on this path and we all have this promise that God's given us. Before I get to all of that, I wanna give you a little bit, I wanna be transparent for a moment and tell a little bit about my story. See, um, and, and I promise this is gonna connect because we're all on a path and God's promised to do big things and sometimes our paradigm gets in the way. Our mindset gets in the way. So I grew up in the panhandle of Florida, which a lot of people would consider lower Alabama, and uh, my parents were awesome, but I was actually born and raised on a dirt road in Florida, in the panhandle, and, and that's always a little weird for people. I didn't realize it was weird that, you know, that people didn't all grow up on dirt roads until I hit the third grade. So one of the hobbies that I had growing up was baseball. That's where a lot of my friends were, and so in third grade, my friend Ramsey invites me 
to a sleepover. I had never slept over uh, any of my friend's house up until this point. And so I'm like, hey, this is cool. You know, whatever we're going to do, we'll go after the game. And so after our baseball game, we load up into Miss Parnell's Toyota 4Runner, Ramsey's mom. She was a cool mom, not like the other moms. Like she had a Toyota forerunner that had the ultimate package and I'm sweaty and we've got the black eyeliner from the baseball game and our bags are in the back, cargo space. And I get in and it's hot, it's Florida in the middle of, of the summer. And, and then I get in and it's cool air. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, you know, AC, when did this get created? You know, it's like, see, because you gotta understand that my dad is, an, is, a, is a manly man. Like he's a great guy, but he drove at this point about a 20-ish year old F-150, yeah? And it was a regular cab, bench seat, and we didn't have AC in the F-150. We had what we coined the 255, and that's two windows down at 55 miles an hour, getting all the airflow. That was the AC, right? And so I'm like, man, this is nice, I like this. We pull up to this grandiose neighborhood with a name on it. See, the dirt road didn't have a name and uh, there was a gate around it and it was my introduction to the gated community. There was wrought iron as far as the eye could see with brick pillars, columns, and I'm just like, you know, it was rolling hills something. Uh, like, it was, you know, nice. And then there's this guard shack where the guy was monitoring the, the entry into this gated community because the residents had paid an amount of money to make sure that they're, they're no, we didn't want just anybody coming into the neighborhood. And so we obviously, Miss Parnell, you know, she doesn't even have to stop. It's a clear like, hey, the, the, the gate's up, like that's Miss Parnell. And we pull in and there's asphalt roads and sidewalks and, and it was an evening at this time and the posh streetlights began to shine on the well-manicured lawns. And I'm like, I am not where I thought I was. I, this is... <laughs> This is not normal. And we pull up to the largest house I had ever seen at this point. And I look, and I vividly remember one specific part of the house. It had a double front door. See, we had a double front door. We had the regular door, and on top of that door, we had a screen door. <laughs> it was like the home version of the 255. You know, it's like, hey, son, open that door so the breeze can come in, you know? But Mr. Parnell, he... Uh, he had the side-by-side -side front doors. South Tampa, St. Pete, I know all of you guys watching, there's several side-by-side -side front doors across Tampa Bay. And I realized in that moment, in my third grade mind, I'm like, sometimes a grown man wants to open his doors and he wants to strut and wants to flex on the neighbors, just kind of walk out like this. You see me? You see me? Double front door. And I'm like, oh gosh, where am I? And we go in into the foyer with an entry table. We didn't have a foyer. We had like a, hey, here's the welcome mat. And then you're in the living room. <clears throat> and there's table, you know, there's an entry table. There's three places to eat. You got the breakfast nook, the dining table, the formal dining room, which looked to appear to never have any human interaction ever up until this point. And there was a bonus room and Ramsey's like, hey, let's go to the bonus room. I had never heard of a bonus room. It was just an extra room. Nobody slept there. It wasn't needed. There was multiple couches downstairs, but then they had this bonus room where all the bonus things were, the bonus couch, the bonus TV, the bonus gaming system. They even had like a bonus little kitchen. It was a kitchenette. And I'm like, my gosh, you know, we had a bonus room and it was like, hey, this dining table is going to bonus as the place where you do your homework, you know, <clears throat> and your bedroom is going to bonus as your, also your sibling's bedroom. You know, it's like, we were multi-purpose. 
And then we go outside. And I'm like, I didn't know that there was this type of paradise in my known limited paradigm. My backyard just had a, a bulldog, a pit, a pit bull named Butch that drug around a tire and he looked like Christian McCafferty. But he had this paradise backyard with a built-in grill and a built-in cabana and a, a pergola and, and all these things. And then the big, the crown jewel of the backyard. You know, maybe up there, North Tampa, you know, you got Cheval and some of those neighborhoods. Maybe this is you. I know it's not South Tampa. South Tampa saying the prices, they just don't have this is the infinity pool. It was, because Mr. Parnell, he's like, on the front, you see me walking out like this. Walk out my front door like this. In the back, my pool never ends. Infinity, baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that doesn't compare to the sprinkler that I would hook up to the hose and run through on hot days. <laughs> and all of this led me, I'm back, my dad picks me up the next day and I'm back in the F-150, the 255 is full in effect and, and we're driving home and I realized like this paradigm entrapment of we are poor. And this isn't a message on materialism, so just disclaimer. But it was a rude awakening of that I at this point as a third, third grade year old boy, you know, seven, eight years old, that I had this monumental mindset of a paradigm shift because up until this point, I thought all of my life was just normal. I thought everybody lived on a dirt road and everyone had chain link fences instead of wrought iron and all of this stuff. And that there was only one table instead of three and bonus rooms, that mindset shifted as well. And I came to the realization that the same thing is happening to Abram. See, Abram, God calls Abram to this big monumental vision, this promise. And he's stuck in a tent. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's Eliezer of Damascus. And, you know, what about this? And woe is me. And here I was like, woe is me. And much like Abram, we are caught in this figurative tent where we have only seen the world to this capacity and we've only had this level of understanding about certain things and it has caused us to have a paradigm that is limited, which is ultimately limiting God. And God is saying, hey, you're in a tent. And so what is your figurative tent? So, you know, we got this tent over here. We got this tent, nice, you know, St. Pete, South Tampa, we could sell this later. This is a one bedroom, you know. <laughs> Yeah, seven, you know, 750,000, I'm thinking, right? You know, call me, call me later. And, and Abram's in this little tent, and he's caught in this tent. And he's like, this is the world that he sees. Hello to all of our campuses, remote here. I can't do the RV trip, I'm doing the tent, you know? <laughs> Just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So he's in this tent. And he's, he's got this paradigm mindset that, that God is calling him out. And he's on this path to the promise. You know, Genesis 15, there's a clear promise that God has given him, but he's trapped here, right? And much like Abram, we're trapped in our own little tent, which we're gonna talk about more. But we've gotta realize that the, the, from the tent to the promise is a path. And we're all on that path. 
And either you've been in the tent, you are in the tent, or you're gonna be in the tent. At some point, this, this has not escaped any human. Even Jesus cried out in the garden, oh, is there another way? Like he didn't even like his path at times. So the tent is gonna be a part of everyone's process at some point or another, but there's some roadblocks that I wanna hit before we get to the solution. So for the next few moments, we're gonna go through what the, the roadblocks and the barriers are, but I'm not gonna leave you there. So hang in there, stay engaged, and then we're gonna talk about the solutions. So roadblock number one is this, that we're distracted by the daily grind. We're stuck in this tent because life is busy. Abram was stuck. To understand Genesis 15, you gotta understand Genesis 12 through 14. And this man was busy. I mean, he, God calls him out of the land that he known to be home to this promise. He's got a knucklehead nephew that, that he wants the better land and he gets caught in a famine and he's acquiring wealth and building livestock and silver and gold. He has to you know, tell, tell the Pharaoh, the, the most powerful man in the known world, that his wife is his sister just so he can live. He is caught up in just the day-to-day life. He's busy and we're busy. People, we are living in a world where there's no margin in our lives and any amount of margin gets sucked up. You know, the, the stats are that we're using our phones for social media and I know this isn't everybody, but this is all averages, about two and a half hours a day just on social media. You know, we check it about 159 times a day. That's like, man, I'm important, you know? I wish someone would text me. Uh, and then get this. That gaming, mobile gaming, gosh, I'm in the wrong business, is four and a half hours a day that people are mobile gaming. Yeah, they're out there. Some, it's like the secret society of mobile gaming over there, <laughs> keeping people alive and well if you want to invest. Here's the thing. I love the way, you know, the, the great theologians of old said that, you know, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. One of our business leaders here at Radiant says that busy is bound under Satan's yoke. You know, he's not a theologian, but we'll still reference him here. The second thing is, so we're distracted by the daily grind. Number two is that we're decaying from delays. The fact is, is that we are just sitting, we're stuck. Abram found himself stuck in Egypt. You know, there's a famine in the land and Abram finds himself trapped. He has to, again, he's like, hey, I, you're a beautiful woman. Tell the Pharaoh you're my sister just so I can live. Like he's trapped in this delay. Again, on the path to the promise, he's caught in a delay. And we're in delays. Each and every one of us might be, again, in a delay. A delay might be coming. We just got out of a delay. But have you ever felt like time is just flying? You know, have you ever felt like, man, I thought that I would be further along by now. Surely I should have been married by now. Gosh, I am, I'm a good looking young adult, I'm radiant, 30 plus, like where are the people at? You know, maybe you've been married and you're wanting kids and you're trying to figure that out. And it's like, when did this job, when is this job gonna lead to a promotion? And when is this business actually gonna start? And I'm just, is this life? I thought there'd be more to life than this. I love uh, the way Pastor Aaron says it. He says that waiting seasons are not wasted seasons. And I, I, I wrote it like this, that experiencing delays doesn't mean you're done. It just means you're being developed. Abram needed Egypt 
to develop him for what he wants, wanted to, to ultimately achieve. The season that you're in might feel like a delay and it might be a detour, but have you thought about like, what lesson is God trying to teach me in this so that I'm developed for what's next? You know, if you wanna run a company one day, be a good employee. You know, if you wanna, you know, if you, if you wanna do something big financially, start giving where you are now. Like, man, I wanna give $100 million to missions. Well, like, just start with 100. You know, like maybe there's something stretching in your relationship and you've been off and you want, you want to be married, but you're caught up in the past and it's delaying, but maybe God's developing you somehow. The last roadblock, again, these are the roadblocks. We're going to get to the solutions. So we're distracted by the daily grind. We're decaying by the delays and then we're defeated by doubt. We see this throughout Abram's story that he's questioning God like, oh man, Why? You know, I don't, I don't know, what about this? And have you, ever, have you ever doubted? Like doubt is a real thing. The anonym of doubt would be trust, meaning like that we fully trust. And the reality of our world that we have big trust issues. Across all of our campuses, I, I hate to tell you, but I, you, me, we, like, we, humans struggle with trust at times. And some of that is in our head and maybe we're wondering and we're asking ourselves like, do we anticipate betrayal? And do we overanalyze punctuations on text messages? It's like, what world are we living? You know, well, what does that mean? It's like, you know, what's in and what's out? And, and then there's the bigger stuff, like actual things. And maybe, unfortunately, you've been a victim of abuse and, um, and, and, and injustice, and that's not right, and that's not okay, and, and I don't want to act as if it's not. It's a real thing that really happened. And for you to move into God's call at some level through professional, through community, through radiant groups, through connection, like work on getting past that because the unforgiveness is eating you alive and it's causing you to doubt. Those are our roadblocks. Those are, those are trapping us. But the good news of the gospel is that we have solutions. And so we're gonna talk about the path to the promise for the next few moments. Again, we find Genesis 12 through 14, that Abram's on this road. He has all the stuff I just talked about. Genesis 15, 1, we're back to the tent. And he's like, but why? I'm an old man and my wife is past childbearing. How am I supposed to believe you, God? And he's again, he's in the tent. I'm gonna get back in because I want, I want you to get it that, that this is, Imagine that, that this tent is around you in your life and, and there's a business, there's a marriage, there's a family, there's generosity, there's a house, there's a promotion, there's, there's lives being changed because of your boldness. All of these things are on the outside of this tent. The promise is real, but we're trapped. We're, we're closed in here. You know, we're in our one bedroom, 775,000. And, we, and we're stuck. And you know what? I hate to tell you, nobody cares. Nobody cares because guess what they're thinking about? Themselves. I love everybody listening, but the lesson of life that I teach my boys is nobody's going, oh, are you okay? No, they're going, hey, I'm stuck too. But God. So Abram is stuck in this tent. So we've got to confront our comfort zone and we've got to go, you know what? I'm in the tent, but I'm tired of it. I'm comfortable, it's safe. I, I want to be married, but I'm not going to date. All my dating, I know that's what everyone's doing, but gosh, I want it the old fashioned way. Yeah. 
It's like, where do you meet people now? Starbucks? No, that's canceled. Target? No, that's canceled too. Soho's too crazy. Downtown St. Pete gets a little tricky. Like, where do I meet people? Church, church. Get out of your comfort zone. The definition of insanity based on Albert Einstein is this, that it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I have been a victim of that. It's like, surely it's gonna be different this time. <laughs> it's like, dang it, again, uh, the same result. So we've gotta get past this. We've gotta get past this. Genesis 15, five, this is a monumental part of the whole story. It says that he, he being God, took him, him being Abram, outside. So Abram's in his little tent. He's always me, and oh, my, my wife is old, and she was married to that man, mean Pharaoh, and now, I, you know, what am I doing? And he's stuck. And God, the Bible, 15.5, Genesis 15.5, says that he takes him outside. And this is important. So he takes him out of his comfort zone, right? And he says this. And this is why you gotta read the Bible slow. He says, count the stars. Yeah. Count the stars. Now, I know... St. Pete and Heights and North Tampa and all those. We moved out of South Tampa this, or a few months ago up to Odessa, and I get that there's a little bit more countryside out there. But we don't know stars like he saw. Imagine he steps out of the tent. Middle Eastern, desert sky, in the middle of the night, before electricity, and God says, count them. Look at the funny part of this story. He, I love God's humor in the Bible. He says, count them. If you can, <laughs> look at that. Like, I, I, I think we have the, ver if we don't have it up there, that's fine. And it's like, did you, do you even get the promises that I have for you? Yeah. Like, count them if you can. We're over here trying to live life on a dirt road in a tent, and God's got a gated community for us Amen. within infinity pools. <laughs> but we've got to let him take us out of the tent. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Number three is connect with God. This is monumental right here. People, you gotta catch this. That God, he's in the tent. He's just like us. We're in our little tent again. We're in our little tent. It's a nice tent, but it's still a tent. And we're trapped and God pulls us out, says count the stars, count the blessings if you can ultimately leading us to this big idea. Connect with God. Verse six, chapter 15, Genesis 15, six. He says, and Abram believed God. Some of you and Brandon need to believe God. You're sitting there in North Tampa and you need to believe God. Some of you are watching online and you think God's done. You just need to believe God. Here in South Tampa, believe God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Many theologians would believe this is the moment that he not only just has the religion, but he has a faith of his own. And many of us need that, that he believed God. I love Abram's story because it's Old Testament and we have the New Testament. To, we have the after the fact legacy, which is awesome. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
And then later, in chapter 11, starting in verse eight, it's Abram's story. And I wanna read this really quickly. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Some of you, God's calling to, the, to start this path to the promise, and you don't even know where you're going, but it's time, it's time to start. By faith, he made his home in the promised land and lived like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city of foundations whose architect and builder is God. Can you let God build your promise? Let God build your life. Let God build your family. Let God build your marriage. Let God build your business. It wasn't until God got involved and said, I'm moving you out of your tent, that all of this changed. When we're trying to do it all on ourselves, we might have success to some extent, but it's gonna be empty at the end. It's only when we attach it to connecting with God and believing. And by faith, even Sarah, his wife, who was past the childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful. The promise came to be. Can I tell you, this is the cool part about this, is that we are actually part of this promise. When he looked up at the sky, this wasn't an astrology message that God was giving him. He was counting the stars to represent the legacy of descendants, which we're all a part of this descendants in the faith of our God. We're a part of Abraham's promise, but what is the promise that God has given you and you've allowed these roadblocks, you've allowed your own little tent, your limited paradigm to get in the way and now you're just settling. Well, I guess every marriage is gonna end in divorce or I guess every kid is gonna go wayward, of course, in a few years. Like, I mean, what kid doesn't go wayward? They gotta sow their wild oats. Why, why? Why can't young men grow into godly men at a young age? Why can't girls not have to sacrifice their purity for the sake of, of, of affirmation? Like, why can't we debunk some of these myths that we've been told and believe that the promise still stands, that God is faithful? And we can't allow the flaws of people to be the filter of God's faithfulness. Don't filter God's faithfulness through the flaws of other people. You have been wronged by people. People are bad. I get it but we can't allow that to be our filter. I believe that there's promises represented in this room I'm in and rooms all across Tampa Bay and in houses and cars and cell phones all, all through Radiant Online, that there's promises represented, but you're stuck in the roadblock, you're stuck in the tent, and you're on the path, but you're trapped. I want this moment to be a significant moment that we would allow God, we're gonna sing a song, not for the sake of emotional hype, but just as a moment to connect with God. And I know you can do that on your own, but while we're together, I wanna provide an atmosphere where maybe you haven't heard from God in a while, or maybe God wants to speak to you uniquely. And maybe at some point today, this message connected and you realize, whoa, I'm right there. I have a limited paradigm and I know God's meant me for more than this. I want us to just connect. We're gonna sing this song, so I'm gonna ask everyone to stand. And as we stand, I want us to, just for the sake of distraction, just, just close your eyes and as Will and the team sing, I want you to let, pray your own prayer. If you don't have your own prayer, sing along with them. 
But let God minister to you just for a moment. Let God challenge you and inspire you to see the promise, to look to the sky and count the stars if you can. Let's worship together. Come on, everyone, let's sing. I've seen you move. I've seen continues to quietly sing in the back just the promise still stands your dream that God has given you is not dead though it might be dormant it's time to believe again Genesis 15 6 Abram believed God and it was credited him to righteousness you've allowed the the worldly side of the roadblocks you've been distracted and delayed and you've doubted and so believe again believe again I just pray that that would be sealed in your heart, that you would believe and have faith as you once did. There's another group of you in the room that maybe you've said, Bobby, this is awesome, this is great, but I've actually never believed. I've never, like I've come to church or this might be my first time, but like, what does that mean? Like, we wanna give you an opportunity across all of our campuses, wherever you're at, online here at South Tampa, to make a decision. I made this decision on February 15th of 2006 and it was a life-changing decision that has caused me to be on a journey and a path with Jesus. Doesn't make it easy and it does, it's, not an, it's, it's not a microwave solution to your life, but it is uh, putting your faith in Christ and not living for yourself. And so today, if you wanna make that decision on the count of three, with every head bowed, every eye closed, for the sake of privacy, just want you to lift up your hand and wave it at me and we're gonna pray together. If you want to make a decision today to follow Jesus, one, two, three. Thank you so much for those hands. I'm believing that they're hands all over all over campuses. Some of you just made the decision that you're going to look back on in decades from now, that you're changing family trees, that addictions are broken, that marriages are going to be restored, that freedom is going to take place, that breakthrough is going to happen because of that simple yet significant decision that you just made. So don't let the world tell you that, 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 that nothing happened. God is too committed to you to watch, to watch you fail. And so we're gonna just pray a blessing over that. And I'm gonna ask the whole church to pray with us so that we can support our brothers and sisters that just made that decision. So Father, we thank you. You guys can pray with me. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, 
Lord, I've sinned against you. And I ask that you forgive me for my sins past, present, and future. Would you lead and guide my life? Would you speak to me with clarity and discernment? I choose to have faith in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. 